I haven't slept in three days. All right, <laughs> yeah, let me you got those crazy you. eyes going, well, man. Well, welcome to New Polity, everyone. Are we doing a New Polity one? Well, I, well, yeah. I mean, this is where you are. You're yeah, in, great. Um, we picked up one. this guy off the street. I'm really oh. tired because yeah. I'm in the middle of doing my dissertation. I'm sick of it. My baby's not sleeping well. Bless her. So I apologize in advance for the sleepy thoughts. Hey, but you look great, man. Do I? Oh, yeah. I wore this yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it looked familiar. <laughs> so when you say great, you mean familiar. <laughs> you look warm and comforting. I like things that are familiar, you know? We Something brought, new. They we, put me on edge. We, we brought James. It's an uh, honor to be here. It's a privilege. I'm also very tired. Yeah. I flew out on the red eye Yeah, from L.A. Yeah. It's called LAX. That's weird because it's a very uptight airport. <laughs> Am I right, everybody? It's a new joke. James is uh, a comedian, and he's doing a show in New York City, right? I think so. And so, um, it's a, okay. So the man said, "Come out," and he said, "I could gig with him in New York," and he put me up. But he's also very successful. The man who said this, and he's not a. So I've flown here for that reason, and I've added this on. And this, frankly, I'm very excited about this. But I'm not 100% sure that I have a place to stay in New York. So right. I'm just sort of going to show up. It's going to be great. Right. <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, um, if we release it, if we release mm-hmm. yeah, no, I have, I have done that. If you, if, if you, when you're Catholic. That's how we met, actually. Yeah, when you're Catholic, you can just show up places and then figure out where the Catholics are. No, this is not yes. a joke. No, I no. met Mark. Somebody put us in touch via email. Are you both in Oxford at this time? Well, I, we weren't yet. Okay. Yeah, I, I we were actually both stateside at the time. Then I move over to England, and then Mark. God, this studio is so freaking warm. I'm gonna fall asleep. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell the story of our birth. <laughs> well, I get an email one day that says, uh, "Hey, I just landed in Heathrow, yeah. and I don't have a place to stay. Can I come crash with you?" Yeah. Except. I overlooked it and didn't see it for five days. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is Mark homeless, stranded on the streets of London? And anyways, uh, he wasn't. A nice priest took him in. But then then, yeah, we, were in. Awesome. then we took him in, and that's uh, the how we became friends. to take you in as well is insane. There's what? a whole Catholic thing. This was I was briefly They've always homeless. got spare bedrooms. There's so many places to stay. Sometimes they don't want to let you stay there. Sometimes you stay there and you go, I think this is a heretical monastery. But mostly you have a really good time with when, your meals paid. When for. I was growing up, we stayed, we, um, we lived in Europe for a while. My dad was stationed in Germany and we'd visit European places. One of the places, Paris, Montmartre. And there's a bunch of nuns there that we stayed with who were lovely. And we got to stay there for free uh, if we would wash the dishes. And we washed the dishes. <laughs> That's the Catholic Church, baby. The Catholic Church is it's a simple... People, yes. people ask me, what is, what's the Catholic Church? I, I say I know what I tell them. I say, leave me alone. And then if they're persistent, <laughs> what, I, <laughs> what I say is, I say, the Catholic Church is, it's, it's your family, right? So, but, you know, you, you have this experience of, of love in your family. Yes. It might be brief. It's a week. You know, hopefully your dad doesn't leave, etc. But you have a brief experience yes. of family. And that is the experience that... that, that that never suffered the effect of the fall. That's what the uh, marriage blessing in the Roman Rite says, that marriage is the one blessing that was not destroyed by the fall. Mm-hmm. And so that experience uh, was always with humanity. Wait, wait, I'm, do- I'm not done. And then the church is the one who extends the familial relation 
to all peoples. You know, you go, you expect, and people should look up the episode on usury where you talk about that at length. Oh, rats! And that the, was new. Oh no, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> it I, sounded I, completely unfamiliar no, to me. I enjoyed <laughs> unfamiliar. It it's is all every, about familiars. Every episode is about the familiarity. But I wish to you speak about this on the podcast, and I, I think this is beautiful. And the you know. We want every relationship in the community to be one of family yeah. and to not want to rip people off and destroy them. That's right. Which is like, I can see how you've come to that conclusion living in this country because that is, um, you've turned that up to 11 <laughs> here. I, the buying, I was buying, you buy plane tickets. I, I flew Spirit. Yeah. They're auctioning off, you know, like legroom. But they're having an actual auction with sick, tired people. And then they, they've overbooked the flight on purpose. Right. Right? Thinking that people won't make the flight. And then they offer you money to not get on the flight that they've purposefully overbooked. I mean, it's just transparently going, we, you are cattle. You get in that big metal tube and we take your money. You go to the website. I'm glad I didn't book my tickets when I was as tired as I am now. You have to say no to a credit card yeah. on four different pages to say no I, and i still don't want your credit card i don't yeah. live here yeah and then, and then they try to sell you insurance i took a screenshot of them trying to sell me the insurance because they they take things that either should be included right like if if the if out here's one of the things they get you to pay for if the airline declares bankruptcy and doesn't exist anymore you'll get your money back right <laughs> Someone is paying the five dollar bonus, the insolvency insurance. This isn't. This is, and then they they have right because they don't want they want to keep the price low and get you to they want you to click on that fare because it's I'm yeah. explaining so badly. No, no, it's true. It's but like, they sell it to you. They've got a quote from the New Yorker, right? Going everybody should be buying this insurance. So someone someone they're buying ads at the New Yorker. <laughs> Inciting themselves. Inciting themselves back. Yeah. To get you. And then if you say, no, I don't want the insurance, they go, it's recommend. Are you sure you don't want it? What if you get COVID and you can't fly? The hate, you really feel that they actually dislike you as a person and yeah. they, they do want to make you suffer yeah, as much true. as you can. Yeah, and this is a unique, not a uniquely American thing. I think this is true of capitalism everywhere. But don't you want to fight for the affection of someone that hates you? I think that's what they're yes, doing. Yes, and you want to get in the lounge. You want to be flying Delta. You want to be on one of the good airplanes where they yeah, treat you with if, respect. It feels like victory over your enemies in some way. Yeah. Well, it, it would be hard once you'd made it to want to tear up the system, right? When you're in the lounge and you get a little pod and they rub your shoulders and things. They give you the umbrella in your orange juice. Oh, come on now. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Get me up in the lounge. You're speaking about the same thing. It's a, what is what's the other the tipping? I wanted to ask you about the sure. it feels like a gamble when We're, you order a meal here, how much you'll be charged. It's very hard for me to oh, estimate. Sure. Do you know what I'm Because you don't have tipping in Australia because you hate people. Well, we pay them a minimum wage. Right. <laughs> I, I feel this is fundamental is you ask the business to be set up in such a way that you, your your value as a person you don't have to decide not to make someone starve who's working for you. That you just have like every other business in society. They're taking care of their worker. They're yeah. not just – whereas here every meal is an audition. Yeah. Yeah, the the right. wait staff is – these people are scared. <laughs> yeah. This is important. They're, come, they're asking how I am over and go away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... yeah, well, you know, the theatrics really get you somewhere in America. I have a podcast. I want to ask you this question. Maybe now would be a good starting point. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> 
I had a dream, <laughs> right? Okay. Now, where does the Holy Spirit disconnect from a manic episode? I don't know personally. You know, sometimes you yeah, think Kanye tough. West, Mr. Ye, whatever he's, I think Ye is currently the name. That's his legal entity. Yeah. I think sometimes he's having an upswing. Yep. And sometimes maybe the Holy Spirit is moving through that man, but it's mm. hard to know. Yeah. So I decided I should buy a boat. I don't have enough money to feed my family. I've left my, we rent at exorbitant rates. I don't own a home. I don't own a lot of money. But I thought I should buy a $500,000 catamaran. <laughs> that this is maybe what I'm, the tradition is not absent of examples of people who suddenly feel the need to get a boat. Yeah, no, you know? absolutely. One example. But, um, so my podcast is called the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. And it's about trying to use a podcast to get enough money to buy a boat. I started listening to this podcast shortly after I started that podcast and I immediately had a crisis of confidence <laughs> as to whether or not um, in the religion that I've happily opted into, it was permissible for me in my station to try to have a boat. And then, you know. It could be cool. It, I think it would be very cool. What are you going to do with the boat? Don't know. All right. Don't even really want the boat. But I feel, <laughs> this is what I mean about the manic episode and the holy, like, when are we called to do something? When are we insane? That's discernment and that's personal. I'll get there in the end. So I'm trying to only do projects, though, that I can pray for and work on and that are moral. And I wish to raise some of them with you. Cool. Because, okay, so the first thing we did was an ad auction. I took- uh, An ad auction. Uh, sorry, I apologize for my- Accent and art, art, uh, oh, uh, art. Art. art, like paintings. Art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was our Art Guthrie. And we put him on a block, and I charge money for his services. Um, There's a joke. Um, uh, what is what? What does the West Virginian say when you ask him if he wants to see some beautiful paintings? What does the West Virginian say when you ask him that? Art. I don't get it. <laughs> Way over my head. <laughs> But I, he says, art. Oh, oh he's right. saying a lot. <laughs> uh, no. I have only been to West Virginia for about 35 seconds. Yeah, we drove through there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did but, you pick him up this morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. one of the reasons I'm so tired. Well, that's not the reason I'm so tired. I can't believe you've... He, I'll, I'll get back to the catamaran in a moment. I'm feeling pretty well rested, actually. I think. Well, I'm congratulations to you. <laughs> I wish. I can't... You picked me up from the airport. I didn't, I didn't put this on my own podcast that you were going to do this because I didn't want you suddenly having carte blanche from crazy people going, I hear if oh. you're right to this guy, puts you up in his house and picks you up from the airport. I just thought I would be discreet. Oh. People do that anyway. It's fine. Yeah, yeah but I we would can... have found somebody if I couldn't do it. It's... But you, you want a society that is open to vice, right? Like Correct. a virtuous society that can be undone by people doing the wrong thing. What, and, if that, if that's wonderful. Thank you for saying that. Hmm? It just makes me feel like that. That's a very important I idea. Podcast. I know, but it actually, like, you have it in your head now. Yeah, that's cool. That's the great. podcast works wonders. It's much better than my podcast. <laughs> I love your podcast. However, a prudence comes into it as well. Sure. You've had, you've, I'm staying, you've got a young family. You don't, I look like a crazy person. I'm a wild-eyed people. You don't know what I, maybe I'm more normal when I've slept in the last four days or whatever mm-hmm. number that is. How do you, I mean, also the Catholic Church has a long history of being open to people and having the best intentions and then going, goodness gracious me, that's been terribly undone by by predators, right? Like where – so I think about myself and my life and my family and how I can be a guest to people. Predators, that's a good good example, Um, especially like with the sexual abuse crisis because it was actually a – 
response. I was talking about liturgical prey. Liturgical prey? Sorry. No. <laughs> um, liturgical abuses. That was oh, my big oh, note. Oh, but oh, the oh. sex stuff is also bad. Well, it's because I was thinking in reference to like staying at people's houses and such. Yes. But it's always seemed to me that the response of like, well, let's do a centralized like um, solution that Cardinal McCarrick invented in which we all <clears throat> essentially sign up to spy on each other as a way of like preventing sexual abuse is insane. Yes. It's an insurance. Uh, um, but you know, I think, I think this is the thing. We have been told for so long that yes. man is dirty, nasty, vile, and gross. Yes. That we just actually started to believe it when it's just not the case. And I'm not, I'm not even very hospitable. I mean, Jacob's like, he never has a guest room open because it's already taken. <laughs> I've just stopped asking. <laughs> Uh, whereas I, I, it's more of a like, you know, struggle of the will to say, yes, yeah, let's, let's invite and people. I, I appreciate but he's that. also like taking care of like not only young kids, but also older in-laws. We have my so, dad staying with us do as well you? on the young kids. How so is that? How are you doing? Um, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you about it. No, it's great. It's so great. We're in a two bedroom apartment with, oh uh, with like a lot of, well, it's a house, it's a house, but there's a lot of asbestos and oh, whatever. Yeah. And it's great. Um, do you rub it? Mm-hmm. Pick at asbestos. it? Yeah. Just to help you lines. Them. You can mm-hmm. eat it. Lines of asbestos. You can I think eat it. It's too close to a suicide. You can you've got eat to be slightly, slightly more, you've got to smoke and. Yeah. yeah, hasten. But yeah. I think it's good. I want to. I. I was saying it's maybe it sounded came across. I was saying that as a negative thing. There's hospitability. Yeah, it's not quite how to conjugate that. And um, <laughs> right, but it's all, like it's beautiful, and I'm grateful, and I'm humble, and I want to be able to do that, um, and be you know, open, like this is how you this is how you build community and know people, and people aren't then anonymous to you, and this is how you if you're going to have a town. You know, if you're going to have a church, yeah, that I think that is what it is, what it looks like, and I think this is why the liberalism goes together with the um, illiberalism of going. You're, you know, we should all be allowed to do whatever we want, but also sexual predators are everywhere because we have a culture where people are allowed to do whatever they want. So you've yeah, got to be yeah, it's also like ultra conservative. Everyone can do whatever they want, and if you come on my lawn, I'll shoot you. Sort of a nice combo. It's, of like, it's a harmony. Sentiments. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so but how do you get to that point? How do you get to that point of this radical hosp- being hospitable in a ra- you know, really a very countercultural and strange way that you've allowed me to oh, stay at your house? I guess I didn't think of it as as radical. Uh, well, it was the Clementis for me. Oh, right, right. So so Blake, my oldest son, his godparents, Tim and Karen, they just always had people living in their home. Yeah. Like since when they got married to like now, here's a story. So they, they, it wasn't just like kind of the average Joe. I mean, it was like homeless moms. It was like some recovering folks, you know, it was, you know, like literally like people that they would pick up in, in parking lots and be like, Hey, you look like you don't have shelter. You want one, you know? And, and they just did that. And they had people living in the home, like just forever. Yeah. What um, happened uh, several about ten years ago? Um, Karen's mom had dementia. We got dementia. And it started to get pretty bad, so they moved her into to their home, and it it got progressively worse as dementia does. And she it just became so much of a burden for them to take care of her. So they kind of made this prayer, saying, "You know, God, we just can't receive anybody else who's not." 
you did like requires a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but we will as soon as, you know, as soon as, as, you know, she, mom passes away. Okay. So a lot of people like make promises like that all the time and then like never keep them. Okay. Well, they, they did. Like I got to live with them for about a year. Um, and that just totally rocked my world. It was the first time that I ever lived with a Catholic family. It, like actually getting to see the pattern and day to day of a normal Catholic family's life, but but like a radical one, like yeah. one that's really striving for virtue. That's going to these kind of it, what a lot of us would call insane lengths uh, to show charity yes. to to people, right? And um, and and it was just so beautiful, and I got to see the, like the community and love that actually blossomed as a result of not judging people before you got to know them, yeah. and taking that first step, uh, you know, because their first step in charity drove other people to be charitable too. Now it didn't always work out for them, but Jesus got beaten down for being charitable. You know, it didn't always work out for him. They and so they to throw rocks at him once. Yeah. <laughs> that was very cool youth pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. God. <laughs> Let me show you someone you might have heard. Okay, well, anyways, for so me, they did that. Well, I got to see that. Here's just one last thing about the Clementes. So so mom died a year ago, and um, and it was during a terrible, terrible uh, snowstorm in Virginia. Yes. And they... You know. Yeah. The one just, that Ted Cruz tried to avoid? <laughs> Probably. There was one in. That was all I saw. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're really it, watching our TV. It's all we get. Who the hell we, is don't Ted get Cruz? We, we don't get a choice about your <laughs> media. Right. Yes, welcome right, to. So, to... so they walk down to the grocery store because they can't get out of their house. They can't drive. So they like walk over to the grocery store and they see a mom and their son in their cars just covered by snow and they can't get out and they're dressed kind of like in like summer, like kind of how I am, like pants yeah. and shirts, but it's, you know, it's freezing out. And they said, oh, you know, we'll just come back and, and stay with us. You know, it's, you know, our electricity's gone too, but we got a big fire and you can just stay. That was the day that mom died. They brought random strangers stuck <laughs> in the car out, you know? And so yeah. they like, they meant it, you know? And that was just kind of their MO. That's just how they operated. And we thought that just seems like way more fun yeah. to live a life like that. And, uh, and so they, they kind of, through that year, they kind of habituated me to that, that way of thinking, and and it's just life is so much. Yeah, more and people enjoyable. say people say things like, "Aren't you worried you're gonna get murdered in your bed?" And I I, I am I tell them I'm a very light sleeper. <laughs> you got very creaky floorboards. <laughs> I'm Adam, I, and I have this way of I have this way of disabling people. I've been taught to punch people in the throat with two knuckles. Okay. And I train it as like what I do is when I wake up every morning, I do a quick one. Yeah. So that's my bodily reflex that whenever I wake up, it just like pops out. So I'm I'm locked and loaded. His father-in-law once came over and made that mistake. That was, was... yeah. But luckily, he also had a reflex of. Uh, <laughs> did that? No, I'm, I'm just joking. But what I was gonna say is, um, <laughs> hospitality is a, a liturgy or a ritual whereby Catholics can uh, unbelieve the regime of private property that mm. afflicts Americans especially. So we, we live under this sort of, you said you didn't like regimes earlier. Somebody used a different word. We live under... I just think people are saying regime a lot now <laughs> to refer... It, it just, makes it a little more one-party state than yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it currently is. But I understand what, what people are saying. But, but I, please. I, I mean, when I say, I just mean that the idea that um, property ownership yes. is exhausted by legal ownership. So you, you have your name on the deed, you paid the money... You paid the bank, you yes. have the thing, and that's all there is to it, which is basically the lie that American Catholics have bought, where they presume that is what's fundamental to ownership. And then they say, okay, well, if I'm going to be hospitable with 
my gift, if I'm going to do things with my gift, it's always a work of charity in the sense of uh, something extra. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, in my abundance, in my blessing, I'm going to give out of what I've been given. And this is good. But what hospitality as an obligation teaches you Mm. is that it's not in fact true that it belongs to you outside of your use of it for the common good. What I mean is your ownership, the reason that you can say in confidence before God, I own this house, I own this land, is precisely the degree to which you can say, I use it for your church, I use it for the good. And when you can't say that, you lose ownership. Now, people struggle with this, but I find that having a just reflex of hospitality or working towards that, which, I, I again, I'm not, I just, I like people a little bit, but not that much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. I have to work in my friendship with Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but having, the, having that reflex helps you to just constantly remind, remind yourself, like, it's not just that you're using what you own, it's that you don't own it unless you use it for the good. And so it's actually... But then the good that you have to give yeah. may be extremely large. Yeah. Right? And this is then, I think... So you, ha- you have to give everything that is not to your station, right? Like Correct. you have... But your station is actually bigger than just saying, yes. I have my nuclear family. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. I have a whole community and world totally. that I have to give to. Yeah. Which is, so, I think... I mean, in the Catholic art, this is obvious, right? Where it's like, blessed be the meek, covered in gold. This is the central, unusual thing where it's like oh it's, it's a church of poverty the yeah. pope is wearing an extravagant crown yeah. with three things in it, it mm. but this is but it's this, our this, crown in a sense well this is a gift yeah right this is not going and having you know a, everyone in the congregation they come and there's some like drab carpet and there's a cross on the wall that christ is not on and then we have you know cheap coffee and the heat is not on then we go home to our opulent Mansions. It's like no, come for the poor. This is the house for everybody to go to, and so the. Yeah. But that's that's a radical rethinking of then. What is your station? What are you meant to do? Because it's maybe not great. You know, it's not having enough money to go to Maharesh and play a sitar and have all the. We went to Matt Frad's shop today. I think he's got opium pipes in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're expensive opium pipes. Um, He's laughing in the next room. He didn't mind that, but well, I just mean I know. And Matt Fra- Ma- no, Matt you can have wealth. You got to use it for the yeah, good, and, and that's what's to, happening. And to his credit, like he he keeps the separation where the opium den is under the cigar shop. Thoughtful, and that's yeah. yeah. No, he's a considerate guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing just to kind of I think a helpful transition for some people from that theoretical thing is like think about when you give to your church. Like a lot of people do think about that as like, ah, yeah, I got to give to this like entity yes, or whatever. The basket comes around and you feel guilty. Yeah, yeah, and you do it, and it's like you actually aren't separating with that money when you give that. Yeah, because that church is yours. Well, sometimes the bishop is spending it on things that have a big question mark. <laughs> but that, but that's, why is that so wicked? Is because he's stealing your money. Yeah. Yes, it's he, not like he's misusing your money. He's yeah, stealing yeah. your money. Yeah, it's an exception to the rule. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So so when you give, like especially it's like we're we're starting this renovation at our church. We're really excited. It's gonna be beautiful. We yeah. gotta get Alien Jesus off the wall. He's you have an alien Jesus oh at the moment? Oh my gosh. You'll see. He's All right. <laughs> but at least he's stepping on tofu. You know, tofu. You know, he's just he's being buoyed up in the world. It's I've seen yeah. I I can't believe it's that. What's the worst crucifix in a church? What's well, the no, worst rude screen you ever saw? Was rude screen, not rude screen. Rude? You know the big crucifix yeah, at the back? Yeah, yeah. There is there, man. There are. A couple. I'll tell you the one. Uh, What's your least favorite? It's the, my least favorite. 
No, you cross your fingers, Jacob, so you remember the point. Okay, okay. Sorry, I, I apologize. I didn't no, say. I just. I'm usually such a good. No, that's all right. He's Mark's, got, he's got his fingers crossed. Yeah. So, and he's gonna he's yeah. gonna implant his what what he needs to remember into those fingers, and when he releases them, the the memory will come out. Yeah, it's sort of a gnostic. Does thing. this work? Yeah. Uh, Mark does it at meetings. <laughs> You said a thing about Gnosticism and trans people before that let's, I think was let's move on. Okay. Right. <laughs> the, um, the end of this point was that we <laughs> are actually going to get to see the results of what we give to because right. that's always okay. going to be ours. Yes. That new apps is our apps. And it's something that we can always, it's like walking into your family room. Do you yes. want nice art on the wall in your family room? Of course you do. Okay. Same thing with your church. You want a nice apps? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> all right, what are you? What are you uh, okay, all right. So I've got a few. Uh, worst <laughs> crucifix that I've ever seen is God bless them in uh, Duquesne University's main chapel. I think it's called Holy Spirit something. Um, it is unrecognizable. I don't know what it is. It's cool that it's floating. I like that. But it doesn't look like a... If if it was like an apparition that on a moonlit night in a cornfield was just hovering above me with a low (laughs) sound, I would love it. Okay. As it stands, I don't like it. Um, What are all these? Sorry, I have a lot of fingers crossed. No, that's all I remember. Sorry. It's just a gang sign. I'm going to jump in while you do that, and I'm going to tell you my least favorite one, which is in the Gold Coast in Australia. And so it's, it's one of the, you know, the, the altar's not at the back of the church. It's in the middle. And the priest is sitting back behind the cross. But Christ is hanging on a 45. Have you seen these where he's on a 45 degree oh, like angle? Yeah. And he's, but the gravity is still ex- affecting him. Mm. So he's hanging. Uh, he's not straight on the 45. He's hanging off oh. the cross. Oh. And then the priest is behind okay. looking up into, you know, the unmentionable. Yeah. It's a very strange. Yeah. It. It. You. This Gold Coast church. Tell me I'm wrong. It's bizarre. <laughs> I've never. I was angry. Yeah. I just. There are a couple of others where you go. This is. I'm. I'm just sma- smash the yeah. icons. You know. <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know. There's. There's some debate on the. On that point, there's I think it's bearing, bearing and burning is what the church is okay with. Really, you know? Yeah, something's blessed. Yeah, there are, you don't want to scandalize f- the prots because sometimes they like to smash our statues. Well, no, you must smash or with encourage taste. them. Smash them with taste. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, you have to be really clear to the prots why you're smashing it. Here, do you, this is my it's theory for as to a why bigger, they take him one. off. By the way, I don't know if people <laughs> what are you know talking this. about. You know, the, well, they they'll have the cross, but they won't have a crucifix. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there, I think the reason for, I don't know if people talk about this. I, mean, I think it's because you can't. St- it having the crucifix destroys the whole premise of if you you're going to be fine you're going to make money you're going to there's the example right if you do everything you're meant to do the state will kill you <laughs> in a very painful way yeah. and that you can't have someone standing in front of that going do the right thing I'll get you a get you a boat do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I think that's true and enough, not enough people just stare at a crucifix it's what it's there for right yeah, yeah. it's like you can't follow everything that's going on that's why the candles are there I think. There's probably good reasons for these things to be there as well. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're quite right. We we have this argument a, a lot because sometimes people will hear what political philosophy we manage to scrape up and say, well, if you do these things, um, you'll be you'll be killed, right? So if you have like, if you don't put your 
if you don't put your weight and your power into things like armies and police forces and nation states, then you're going to exist as a basically weak entity within a world that wants to destroy you. Yes. Yeah. But that you should want that. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you like... You can't seek martyrdom, you, but you right. have to accept it if it comes it, at you, right? It, yeah, I'm not sure if, like, desiring it is is a thing, you know? It's that, not so much that you desire martyrdom, right? But what you want to do is is enact the right. enact the good. Right. Yes. I mean like you can want to you can yeah. you can want to be martyred, but you just have to understand that that martyrdom is the seed of the church. So and, and not mm-hmm. just the church as yeah. like a institution, but the church as the people of God. That what you do when you live a life worthy of martyrdom is make it possible for a Christian community that can exist at an empire scale. Yes. You, you, I mean, that's literally what happened. I'm just repeating the church history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So so it's like this, um, to look at the cross, to see the crucifixion, is to know that for us, within evil regimes, efficacy... I apologize for complaining about the word regime. Really. Efficacy and martyrdom actually go together. How to be efficacious is through martyrdom. Yes. Uh, it's not to avoid the cross. But it does mean that you take on an unfortunately longer, a longer term. As uh, Wendell Berry once said, plant sequoias, you know. I don't know what that tree is or who Wendell Berry is. It's a really big one. Yeah, he he has a couple lines down. He says, say that your main crop is a tree that you did not plant and that you will not live the harvest. You know. This this is then, I've heard that quote hijacked by um, feminists. Oh uh, really? Like it is. We, it is a great quote to use when you're losing as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> that's where we like it. We're planting the seeds for a garden that we will never see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. the way I've heard that uh, misused from the sound of it, which I thought was like dastardly, was like, "Yes, we're causing a lot of destruction now. Oh, sure. Yes, doesn't look like women are thriving at STEM the way we want them to, no matter how much money we put into it. But the forest will co- maybe ten generations of re-educated people, but one day." There will be, but I think it's a. I I I didn't. We shouldn't hunger after martyrdom, right? Like it's. Christ doesn't want the cup. It's not for his. He doesn't want to die. We don't want to die. It's very nice to be alive. Yes. I love my family. Yeah. But that, the example we have is if you do do the right thing, yeah. death may be coming at you. Correct. Like, and people will want to kill you. And there's definitely the... Yeah, the, the outside the, of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And m- martyrdom, just in the s- sense of like every day denying yourself, pouring yourself out as a sacrifice. Having me to stay. This is a form of martyrdom, potentially. What, what did I do? I'm killing you later on tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> watch out. Yeah, watch out. Fingers, man. It's usually the right Ask guy. the father-in-law. Ask enough. the father-in-law. Yeah, we yeah. had a good chat yeah. this morning as yeah, well about, when you went off. About Vietnam. Yeah, the Ted Offensive. And um, drugs, and he told me that the Australians that he met in Vietnam, you know, he used very tasteful language, but he, I think, was implying that they did terrible things. Yeah, I mean, he's very respectful. Who among us can cast the first stone, as Pope Francis plus Jesus said? (laughs) You make that sound like an opportunity. Who among us can? Can we find someone here to throw this stone? Hey, I got a joke. Yeah, it's a bad joke. It's a dumb joke. Which one? All right, I'll tell it. All right. So, uh, once upon a time, there was a adulterer caught in the act, and the Jewish people were going to stone her to death, according to their law. And Jesus came and rode on the sand for a while, and then said, um, uh, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And a rock comes beaming out, 
nails the poor adulteress in the head. And Jesus turns around and says, Mom, I, I, I didn't know you were here. Oh, <laughs> isn't that, isn't that, that's like, yeah. it's like Sunday school stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought for sure that was going to be about the, the writing in the sand. Because no. that always jumps out to me as yeah. a like, the details where you go, because we don't know what that is. Right? I want but to know. I think what church that is tradition so bad. might point towards a couple possibilities. Yeah. But you go, that's a weird. In the Roman histories of like how good Romulus was, and in in the myths that you have, you don't tend to have weird dead ends that that go. Oh, we don't. We just. We yeah, don't have no, it. that's that, a good point. That that did happen. Someone will figure that later on. We're right. It seems significant at the time. Yes. Put it down. No, it is very obviously a history, in the sense of like yeah, it, this happened. Yeah. It was there. He write something down in that sand. Don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's important, I guess. Otherwise, they wouldn't have included it. But it, all we really know for sure is that it happened. Yeah. All right, I got to write this dissertation. So you, uh, you got to no, ask apologize. me some. No, ask me some. Ask questions. What do you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> this pot roast is awesome. I'm told the pot roast is very good. Number one, is my. My business ideas, and I'd like to quickly run oh, that's past right, that's if right. they're Thanks. ethical, yeah. if I may. So I thought an art auction would be fine. Okay. I've done that. <laughs> you're an intermediary. Yeah. It sort of feels parasitic. But you're getting the artists who have work and rich people who want to buy it, and you're facilitating that exchange. Okay. So I, I don't have too many problems with that one. I think that might be okay. Um, Can you think of any reason that that would be wrong? Um. If the art's bad. To be clear, some people think we're kind of moralists on this. Like, yeah. Like, we, we like casistry. Like, in fact, we generally just think things are fine. Yeah. But well, i tell you what I did that <laughs> made me feel like We actually just don't like, really, like, think about these things all that much. As well, I ask do. that you think about this one. Because, okay. okay, I believe I have I think incredible... the art auction yes. is fine. Great. Yeah. It seems like an opportunity. It, it seems sad structurally that people won't just give you your money for your boat. Doesn't it? But if you got to hustle, I get it. Now, do you have op shops here? No, it's that. Like a thrift. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Still donate to charity. Why do you call it op shop? Opportunity shop. That's oh, weird. nice. Op like shop. That. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. thought about that being weird? It being an, an op shop. An opportunity shop. Like, who's opportunity? I think they should have, instead of shortening it, they should have lengthened it and called them opportunity shop opportunities. <laughs> That's my personal feelings about it. <laughs> but I believe I have a beautiful taste that I have a vision and I can see and I go, That's great. People will want that. Yeah. But then, so I, I did this. I went, All right. I said to my cameraman, You come with me. I'm going to the op shop. I'm going to buy, I'm going to spend $100 on stuff. I'll slap that on eBay and upsell it. Yes. Upcycle. But I, and I took it off after I put it up because I thought, am I speculating here? Or is there some way that I'm giving the gift of, you know, me? And that's an item. Yeah. But that also feels like spe- you're buying low deliberately to sell high. Yeah. So I, you think I was right to discontinue that? Yes. Okay. I think so. Because, because your value add is very slight and especially – if you're posting it in such a way as to lie about the value. How do you? How very do you? That's what people do, though. I mean, like, they do. these women, they buy stuff at Goodwill, and then they go and they say it's, like, vintage chic, which is a lie, and then they make more money on it. Yeah. So it's like they added value, but the value was being a liar. <laughs> which some would say is not a value. I'd say it's a disvalue. It's extreme. Most advertising, most advertising is is evil. All right, now I'm interested by that. You, you have a marketer, though. Yeah, We'd you argue, have someone who is marketing, argue, who's working. Because I found out that this existed, and I've yep. traveled across the world. We're here. 
I've literally traveled across the world to be here. He would make a distinction between advertising and marketing in this sense. Yes. If you got peanuts, you want to sell the peanuts. Yeah. You tell people. People need to know that there are peanuts. They're here, and here's what they cost. That's sufficient. And if that's what advertising was, that'd be great. You might even say, these are good peanuts. (laughs) If they are. If they are. If they are. That's right. But the construction of desires through as. This is a big thing for you, isn't it? The perpetual, well, I hate it. The, yeah, but the the <laughs> immunization of the um, desire. What's, I was trying to think of what it means, desire, but Sorry. rhymes with eschaton, but it didn't come to me in time. Eschaton, um, wantaton, reggaeton, but this thing <laughs> of like people telling you to want something. Yeah, this really this does this irks you in a big way. Yeah, this is the biggest pet peeve I hear. You, you, I don't hear as much about this on you. Well, I, I just don't. <laughs> really listen as no. much, I think. But is this because you're yeah. susceptible to it? That you're hateful I, of it? Yeah. I think my susceptibility to it gives me an insight into the kind of anger everyone should feel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like billboards, for instance, <laughs> fill me with an unquenchable and earth-shattering kind of rage. And I, I talk about billboards a lot as I'm driving, and my wife doesn't see them. Yes. They're just not there for her. Yeah. And... um so I don't. I'm more like his I know, wife. I've had this experience. Yeah. This yeah. is a gift from God, though, to let me see. You know, I'm like I got the Matrix glasses or, or that that Roddy Roddy Piper glasses. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm with you. Only I just see the billboard. <laughs> I need to bring in this book one day so I can actually read this quote. But I, I there was this book that I read that had the first advertisement for telephones, and it was beautiful. It said things like its phrasing was, "It only works up to 25 miles away." Uh, and no more. Uh, if you speak very loudly, you can discern, the other person can discern what you're saying. I mean, it's just like, it's totally like telling you this. Yeah, this, this is all is, the bad things. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty much the delivering this, that. I think until the 50s, this was an advertisement in a magazine, advertisement. Yeah. It would just be a page with a picture of the thing and them going, here are the 12 things it does. Yeah. And then Ogilvy changes it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I really don't, I, I need to sit down and think about this a little, little bit more. I, don't, I can start. Ranting. Okay, well. No, you go ahead. This is because I'll toss in two cents and then he'll toss in a hundred bucks. Um, the, uh, you know what? In the Middle Ages, people were making a lot of cool stuff often. Okay. You know, we liked around the office to talk about the automaton duck that gets mentioned. It's all, every you know? automaton I've seen, I enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just very fascinating. But, you know, and they had like the beginnings of mills and, and kilns and stuff. And, and yet they didn't mass put it on a mass scale they there was no felt desire to get rich off of inventions that they were but it wasn't also that they were just not trying to share it either someone yeah. might say well there's a good side to the marketing where it's like there you know more people can enjoy it and it's like yeah but it's not a real need you know and i'm not going to try and create a false need yes for other people and and that's that's the thing about like inventions are awesome they're cool if they yeah. take on organically that's great but if somebody doesn't need the thing then why are you why are you in a sense laying the ground of temptation for them okay now that we're in a world where yes. everybody is is marketing and such there is some place maybe I'd say to 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 like put your foot in to yeah. you know, and trip somebody up in the in the marketing, you know, floor. You know, yes. would, no, I've actually now in vanity lost. fair. Okay, okay no, I do. Wait, in vanity fair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the marketing floor. In, what Thackeray or the poem or the magazine? 
uh, I was going for the uh, for the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens in Vanity Fair? Well, just everybody's trying to get your attention everywhere, yes. right? You know, and so if you can put your foot out in Vanity Fair and trip somebody up, yeah, you know, on the and through your marketing to get them off of everything else, it's a good thing. Well, we prioritize that. That's what we. This is the fact that it hasn't stopped on. So you're ready to go. You're itching to go. Just do it. All right, come on. We're ready to go. No one manufactures scarcity in my town. That's not true. They do all the time, but they ought not <laughs> because it's rude. Yes. It's rude to tell children that they need things. All marketing, all advertising is really for children. Now, it might be an adult child, but insofar as it's an advertisement, yes. it's for the part of you that doesn't know what to want. That's that is lovely. the definition of a child. Is they look to you. I don't know that's the definition all of right. a child. <laughs> Some children at certain ages look to you to tell them through your words, through your actions, through your life, what to want. Yes. Okay? And the wickedness of advertising can be seen obviously in uh, hot wheels now have you ever have you ever seen a hot wheels <laughs> advertisement okay so it's like little little cars they're right, they're zipping. okay yeah so they become parents to the child and tell them what to want and they lie about it because they show children having insane amounts of fun yes it's not that fun um <laughs> <laughs> i've done it. it just sounds like you've had a bit of time with hot wheels yeah <laughs> this is all about hot wheels but my, my, my point is just that with, with in christianity whenever you have power over someone which includes the ability to tell them what it is good to want yes then you use that for their flourishing you use that for their good yes you become obligated as a father is obligated to his child and what we have in our society is that very power that paternal power is being used to enslave and addict children yeah adult children and children children um into endless systems of rent where their money and their power and their time just constantly floods out of them into useless occupations. This, this abusive parenting, uh, and which makes um, Google really the, um, the, the parenting book that everybody reads and learns how to be an abusive parent. Which it imitate Google. Yeah. No, 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 because no, Google like sets up. I mean, they, they are the platform oh, like they're for stacking, all the marketing. They're going, yeah. yeah. You know, that Tim Cook's old line about like if you don't know what the product is, you are it. You know that yes. sort of thing. So because you are the child that they want to raise in a particular way to be a perfect consumer. But where yeah, you can't. Human nature is sufficiently fixed that you can't actually turn someone into a perfect consumer. You do need to have some sort of product at some point. Yeah, I agree. Or your sure. business. So like the iPhone, yeah. post Steve Jobs hasn't, as far as I can tell, done anything new or interesting it's larger than it used to be but with like the last two iphones this was like a big thing where people go but it's the same it is the same iphone you're doing it again you you've added you've added uh you know malibu stacy but she's got a new hat do you know what i'm saying no no the simpsons line oh okay (laughs) malibu stacy has a new hat but like (laughs) i think about this software for example right like we have all the movie editing video. Maybe you'll disagree over there editing this up. Are you still listening? Great. Good to hear. All the editing software that you needed has been built. We have that code that's been written to make it work. And yet still Adobe will charge you $100 a year Mm -hmm. to get their latest one. Everything that we need to make the things that we're currently doing online. Microsoft Word. 
Microsoft Word has not changed since I was a little boy. But you, they're still finding a way. Like no one seemingly has managed to do it in such a way that it is free and readily available. Because you would think that something that was able to do what Microsoft Word did and was free would just take that, right? Well, but we don't. Well, we don't. We don't create technology to meet needs. We create technology to make money, and and that's the crucial difference. I mean, people ask. It's not like Jake was mentioning the Middle Ages. It's it's not like there wasn't technology in some way. It's that the technology wasn't for the sake of money. It's the sake of meeting the need. And so it's spread on the basis of its meeting the need. Whereas mm-hmm. yes. we need to actually take successful technologies and not make them so successful that they actually become need-meeting technologies. They need to be need-meeting at a price technologies. Yes. And that's what we do. But then the need that's being met is not just the... It doing the thing that it's meant to do. It's the novelty of it, right? It's well, the feeling of I'm doing we the new live thing. I've got the new. In a technological history. And what I mean by that is that the human person is not the subject of our history. How do we know that we're not the generation before us? Well, yes. we look to what gear we used. They say culture is downstream of technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. Well, what I, what I mean, I mean this quite literally. Like we look at, we look at what does it mean f- to go through history? And we think things like, well, uh, you know, first we had smoke signals and then we had um you know carrier pigeons and then after carrier pigeons we had letters and then after letters we had email and then we had the phone and then you imagine what it means to move through time as a progression of devices to a sort of interminable end state whereas the human person becomes in this mindset a observer of a technological history that kind of goes on without him even though obviously we're the ones inventing the things. I want to ch- and so one of the reasons I want to is, challenge this. Well, one of the reasons okay. I think that we need new generations of iPhones yes. is that it's fulfilling a very spiritual need in us to know that history is still moving. Because when we've abdicated our place in history as, um, as we, that, that salvation history is about man, the history is about man, that the world is for man, and that yes. what we do matters. When we abdicate that place just to watch a progression of machines saying, this is progress. Isn't this amazing? We're living at the most prog- progressive time of history because all of our machines are better than they were before, which are better than they were before. When we do that, uh, then stasis freaks us out. Like the idea of just arriving somewhere technologically is failure. But we have, for 10 years, I would say, we have been there. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, of course. And so I what think we do there's a, is... Steve Jobs dies yeah. and the political woke thing starts. I think it's because no cool new thing <laughs> is coming along. And so you go, why well, I'm now discontent with capitalism. Like the thing, yes, oh, we so, can have yeah, capitalism yeah. because it allows for growth. It allow, we have a phone now. We have yeah, the, yeah. The, I don't yeah, think it, there's been a new totally thing. Right. I don't reach... know what the new thing, other than the Tesla, which is just a car with a, it's, it can't drive itself properly yet. Yeah, it's yeah. not a new thing. Well, it, it, it's 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 structural financially, right? So we've talked about this before, Jacob, that the uh, the need for a company to grow mm-hmm. is on the basis of companies going public. So, which is actually something legal here. Yes. Like, you, like you are le- like what part of the mission of every public company is legally speaking is that it continually grow. Like, no, no, that it, it grow. I'll show you. I'll yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there, it it structures it so that to not grow and therefore to not change and to not produce new products is to fail as opposed to meet a stasis point which you're meeting a need which normal human beings for all of human history would say is success success is now failure within modernity because to meet a need and to continuously meet it at the same rate 
is to fail in terms of your market So you don't value. want a cure then if you're a, a big pharma company. You want a treatment. Yes, you want something exactly. you can give people every six months to you make gotta, sure they yeah, stay. I'm not keep... saying anything in particular. <laughs> why that's maybe... Oh, buddy, you can do it on this problems. pod. <laughs> but there are... I mean, there, there are goods as well that have come of that. I mean, we, I'm happy that cancer drugs exist to the level that they do, even if that mm. was driven by... Someone going out and going, oh, I, I actually just want to get as well, rich but it as goes, I can. It goes back to your point, right, that you actually, at the end of the day, have to have a product. Yes. So to, to say, oh, but look, that we've got these goods out of this, this wicked and idolatrous and greedy system is, does not justify the system, obviously, because the whole point of the system is to give people goods yes. in a way that accrues to their greed and their idolatry. What are they going to no, do? Sell no, us? No, that sell a, us. That's a slight simplification. Okay, go ahead. It's happy to do it with their greed, but it's also happy to do that for genuine needs. Sure. Like if if it's a cheaper, more effective way to get you a roof over your head, yeah, it'll do that too. Yeah, yeah. But it will when it doesn't have ready access to real things, we'll fabricate them. Yes. But that is, I think, the that's why. But it's I think that's also part of the conflation of we're just so confused about what's needed and what makes yes. for a happy life. Yeah. Like we're just. There's no clarity on that whatsoever. And so we pretend that we really need to develop this next thing yes. in a genuine way because we're legitimately confused. We're going to find it. No, no, because well, we're legitimately yeah. confused. We're, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, but it's gonna, at some point, we'll get to that. That's what they will upload the brain and then we'll just have the cyber dopamine. <laughs> well, this is why, I, yeah, I mean, I've always thought of atheism as just sort of an ad campaign for iPads. Like, as far as I can tell, that's all it is because it's not serious as a philosophy. Atheism isn't serious as a philosophy. I mean, it's a joke. It's the absence of it. Yeah, it's just it's just an it's just a negation and then a bunch of hand waving. Now, when you so why why have atheists? Because that seems silly. And I thought, oh, I get it. You have atheists to sell iPads because if you can get enough atheism within a culture mm. that you don't know, then you no longer have access to your end, which is God. So now you're no longer happy. So now you need things to fill the void. But that, I mean, the iPad is a good. It's one of the better stand-ins for the sublime that we have cracked <laughs> as, a, as a people. But don't you think that, that like the generations, isn't it? Isn't it? I think I it's fascinating. That, I think the iPad's cool. No. That we, but I think it's fascinating that we speak of it coming in generations. Yes. Right? because it doesn't. Right, generations. As to say, that's what comes from genitals. Right. So, so that's not what iPhones are doing. But we we literally give technological production the language of generation. That is to say. What we should be doing in terms of having kids, we do with with iPhones. And I, and I don't think this is an accident. I think, again, it goes back to this sort of historical uh, need to see, to replace that idea of man moving through history towards an endpoint, to say the machines are moving for us. It's like what I like to say is... But that's their fantasy as well, right? That they'll, they'll hit the... The machines will start doing it at a certain point. And then we're hands off and there's a singularity. That that is the fantasy, yeah. right? That is that literally is what they want is for the machines so, to sell. So far, out. yeah, maybe. So far, that's just been a way of hiding slaves in other countries. Is it what? To what? Oh, uh, automation, yeah. yeah. Automation, yeah. Just ge- generally speaking, the history of automation has been one of um, obfuscating slaves in other countries. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. So they'll, you know, you read like the British sort of uh, early capitalist industrialists. 
You you do agree I'm with it? I'm thinking about it now, and I yeah, well, well it's a simple. It. I'm not I'm not trying. No, to it just it. sounds like an outlandish thing to say. But well, I think it's it is, it's very. It was pretty explicit at the beginning of capitalism. Yeah, yeah so, I, I'm not being edgy. I just mean like when you have an automated system, you get to say things about the automated system. That's like, look, it's freeing us from labor. Look, yeah. we have all this time. Yeah, but it's fueled by coal. So you don't you don't see the mining. Yes, but you're relying on now the mining, and this has never changed. Like we have all sorts of automation that relies on lithium yes. mining or uh, cobalt, cobalt, yeah. which relies on slavery. We have in a, the story of American manufacturing is just a story of moving our slaves or getting slaves instead of workers, which is we're going to do this for cheap overseas. Mm-hmm. And look, you're getting all these goods. It's like they just come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, it also is made in China, but it's all, it's like this automatic process now. You can buy whatever you want for cheap. It's like, yeah, well, we hid the slaves from us. Yes. Look, I'm trying to see if there's a hole in that. Again, I didn't sleep. I feel like I'm not giving a good representation of myself. No, I, mean, I think the counter, on... the counter argument would be yeah. that um, you have slaves, you've, you've always had slaves, yeah. right? But that industrialization allows you Maybe to do that on a bigger, but the industrialization comes first. No, actually, rather than the slavery. These are the two competing theories. But you're saying the slavery comes first. Yeah. So historically speaking, wherever there's been slavery, it's slowed down what you might expect would be technological production, which is obvious, right? Yes. If you can get the slaves to do not, it, yeah. If you can get slaves to do it, why, uh, you know, why invest why so it? much money in machines? So what Ivan Illich says, for what it's worth, is that what makes a technological society proper is its inability to do without slaves. So it, it, it's just saying that yeah. you, your relation to the machine is the relation that slave owners have to slaves. And and all of your frustrations with machines and all of your desires with machines is the desire that slave owners have to slaves. Yes. It's just that you don't see the people who are enslaved in order to produce the machine. Yes. Which you then have the relation of but slave But then owner. how you treat the thing. I think this is more... You know, when you're talking to your, you're talking to your phone, you're talking to Siri. Yes, you become very abusive. <laughs> I sometimes hear how I'm speaking to the phone, and I think of my, I sound like an imperial Raj. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Siri, get that thing over there. Show me where to go. No. And I get a little taste of what I would be like, and I don't like what I see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think I think the internet generally gives us the sense of like everything being at our disposal at the same time as it uh, annoys us at how at every point that that it doesn't quite deliver the way it should and and we become a sort of It's extremely frustrating. Yeah. How long have we been here for? It's sleepy time. I'm so can I I'm just so, this is like, I'm so sorry to have performed cool. so badly on a podcast with you, because I'm not well, and it's been a heck of a couple of three days, but I, this is really, I'm very grateful that uh, you've allowed me to come here and speak to oh. you, and, and get in the way of your day, and get in the way of your day, and see what you're doing, this wonderful, flashy office block that definitely looks great outside of just this bookcase, <laughs> and it's, I think what you're doing is important, I don't know anyone else who's doing what you're doing in the way that you're doing it. Thanks, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it's a real... I don't like podcasts. I don't care for them. I don't like hearing people shoot the sh**. It, it's very boring to me. But your podcast is... Uh, I feel like I learn. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I just... Much respect. I really enjoy it. Well, we don't really listen to podcasts, which is probably why it's... Man, there's just no good ones out there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Somebody got really mad at me when I told them 
that I didn't listen to podcasts. He's like, you hypocrite. I, said, I never told somebody to listen to him. Come no, on. Yeah. If people want to enjoy them, that's great. But I do <laughs> Then I don't know who's, I don't know if you're putting this one out or I'm putting this one out, but hey, enjoy it. Now, but the important <laughs> thing, I don't know. I'm all, I'm doing it. Am I doing a comedy show tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to rest. Is there a bed I can sleep on? Yes. <laughs> I was enjoying seeing how far I could push it. Because usually I get very sleepy if I don't get my. I also have the children who have the complaints. But then when I got through to like the 35 hours awake in a row, oh whatever it was, yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm like Margaret Thatcher. I don't need the sleep. Yeah. I, just, I just do what I want. But I felt over the course of this, I'll be making some very strange faces while you're both speaking. I'm usually so. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Can't wait to see this alien Jesus at the church. Yeah. Steubenville's. Uh, Lovely play. I was heartbroken this morning. Why is that? Because I thought I might have to move here because my wife sent me here as well. She oh, said, yeah? She said, go and look at it because she loves Matt Fred's wife's podcast. Cam, yeah. Loves it. And I've listened to some of it. She's incredible. And then, uh, my, you know, people in Adelaide talk about and Wagga, as far afield as Wagga Wagga, which you won't know where that is. It's probably South Middle. It's all South Middle. <laughs> it's all South Middle. Um, but... They go, stupid, like, can we make that happen here? Can we make a Southern Hemisphere if, version if, of it? But uh, none of them have seen it. So I'm here to see it uh, uh, as oh, well. Oh, cool. Like a, like a, a, it's like a spy. A spy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, uh, if Wagga Wagga does get it to be a Steubenville, I think I got to move because that just sounds better. <laughs> Wagga Wagga? Yeah. It's actually lovely. The Catholic cult of Wagga Wagga? I think it would be easier to do your own thing here. It is, you know, and it's funny because there's we got we get a lot of notes from people hit the bingo card and cash out their four hundred one k's. Yes, and I get a number of emails from people in Australia where like you guys have supers or something like that, right? And if you you can you put know? it in a self managed super fund, but not unless you have, but you can't cash that out heaps ever. And heaps of money. Oh, you yeah. can't cash it out. Yeah, like there's oh, no. no option. So it's like they 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 take your power. So you, even if you wanted to yeah, do something awesome, you can't. They're also run by uh, unions. Yeah, yeah. It's very clever that they did it, but they let you take some of that money out during COVID. Oh, did they? A very small amount. Okay. Um, but also, like, I'm never going to have money to retire on. You know, like at this rate, mm. stand up, stand up, comedian. Either I make it big or I don't make it at all, and we all have a lot of trouble. This is, I mean, that's the trajectory. But it's like there's thirty thousand dollars sitting in a bank account right now that could really, you know, would have made this trip a lot easier. Yeah, I would have, I would have stayed in a hotel during the day yesterday and not wandered around. What's the place I wandered <laughs> LA around? LA and with a big suitcase. Yeah, I went to Venice Beach. Those people are insane. <laughs> They're not well. And then I went to, Ing- I want to say Inglewood, but I'm getting that wrong. What am, what, what did I call it? I think it's at Inglewood. It was it was like the most black place I've ever been, <laughs> and it was it was so much better than than Venice Beach, which I think is like the glitzy one. But it's like that was actually a community of people who care about it, and the Rams, they love the Rams there. <laughs> they love their Rams. Ah, I just had negative, weird vibes all day, and then I went into a hotel to try and stay there, and that was on Venice Beach, and they were like people shouting, calling me a man, called me a. And then I went inside, and then they're like, this is $700 to stay here. And I'm like, but they're just ignoring the schizophrenic man out on the street, shouting at people while they have pina coladas. It's like a, it's like a thing projected onto it. There's, like, there's, in, there's people who need help, who are living on the beach, and there's people who are spending $800 a night to live in a hotel, and they're just parallel, living together, but not with each other at all. It is very sad. 
That you know is, what I mean? That's insane. I mean, I've never, I will never go. I'm just walking around with a big dumb suitcase the whole time. <laughs> and they, I look like one of the crazy people. So that's the other thing. Yeah, like people are treating me like the security is looking at me in a funny way. And so they should. I can't believe you've let me here. I can't believe I've been allowed to come to Stoogieville. Well, I can't believe I've been allowed to come. We like, I mean, I, I, I like to hear negative impressions of the West Coast. <laughs> so far, nothing to recommend. He's the only non-West Coaster that works here. Oh, well, I guess Josiah now. But originally, the, the the core original group, he was the outsider. You're a, bunch you of... a West Coast person. Oh, yeah, Seattle, baby. Frazier's a great show. Oh, oh yeah, he's my neighbor. <laughs> I hear that he's a lot of people's neighbor. A lot, of, pe- a lot of people come into our podcast and try to make pop culture references. Hmm? It just never goes well. You watch <laughs> Frazier? Are you familiar with the band called Nirvana? Yes. Do you know Bill Gates? <laughs> so, actually, it's funny. I did meet Bill Gates once, yeah. You have a... How far along your journey was this? I was, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was very confident. Desire that I, was, <laughs> I was five years old at a Halloween party. Okay. Yeah. My dad worked at Microsoft and his office was on like, I mean, Bill Gates had a ton of offices, but one of his offices. He's got went, more now that he's buying all the farmland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But one of his offices was on the same hall that my dad's office was on at yeah. one point. That was pretty cool. Yeah. To what extent do your families not understand what's going on here? My family? Well, like you, you. I mean, you're. you're... My mom wants to move here. Okay, and she's she his will. Mom's awesome. Yeah, his mom right. helped us out with a donation right right at the beginning. Oh of yeah. The this, yeah, so this is beautiful. We are on, people. People deny this. Like your like, story about your father on that podcast when he was dying is very beautiful. It is. I, I don't. I just came <laughs> yeah. to me. I just remember that you told that story. Yeah. I, I mean, haunting, beautiful. I just wanted to say I appreciated that. This is not Thanks, the way I'd dude. like to convey what I'm saying right now. This is some <laughs> I appreciate heavy that. stuff, but Thanks, I want you dude. to know that yeah. that moved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, I don't know. I, my, I think um, I just presume I talk enough, and that if my family wants to wants to know, they'll listen. But I doubt they. Um, I wouldn't ask them to listen to podcasts by me that would be no no but i meant the whole like the project of yeah, being here yeah yeah, yeah yeah totally well i said apart from, like making your home in a place this is why i was heartbroken because i thought oh it is possible there's something happening here you can have you know you don't have to live as a wage slave you know mm. there is actually if you're if you're going to go right i'm going to make you know big sacrifices and do something hard, even if that sacrifice is just there's not a symphony orchestra that I can go and see 10 minutes down the road, you know, or whatever. It's not a sports about 45. But it's too far. <laughs> it should be shorter than the symphony. But that there is there's a frontier thing happening. Here. It's like the optimism of that main street and these happy people with their, you know, that doesn't look like a normal main street that I've usually been to. Every, people knowing each other, saying hello. How many people? And it, to some extent, that happens in a small town, but actually, everyone seemed quite happy to say hello, and not like it was a sad <laughs> burden that they had to <laughs> deal with. Yeah, no, I mean, people actually like each other because people are good. Well, oriented towards good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. Another day, another podcast. If this doesn't another go day. live on the internet, I'm fine with that. It's just been cool <laughs> hanging out. It's been real. Yeah, sometimes sometimes when we want to hang out with people, we just do a podcast because we no longer know how to function as human beings. You do do enough podcasts, you're just like, wait, is this is this conversation still going? Mic it up. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got a microphone in that bag. Oh, nice. That's what I've started doing. Life That's is cool. performative, you know. If you just habituate towards the three at theatrics, then it's just like it does takes seem over. More... But we sort of do believe that, right? Absolutely. Like you should. You should. If you, if you don't believe it, you should go to mass, and the blessing is real. And just like this was at the dime store. What are they called? Dime store. Uh, Thrift these, store. No, these di- the New York sexy Catholics. Oh yeah, yeah. Who I look just, like they're I, making fun of it, I but it's like, this, yeah, I... show up. Do okay. You want to wear a low cut top and go to mass? Thank you for going to mass. You know, do Di- the dimes, dime square. Not that people who are already going to mass should suddenly get their, yeah. you know, get make it sexy. But I'm saying if you are <laughs> better to be moving in that direction. Reach the people, Father. <laughs> get the guitar out. Ah, I'm going. To, let me go to bed. I'm All so right. sorry. I've kept you both All here. Right. This has been a real joy. All right, I'm Bye. so sorry. This is the first impression that I'm making. Oh, this is great. We're uh, glad to have you. Please edit very heavily. If you are you in there?